When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, Winning Plays podcast is back, and the Celtics and Warriors are tied up at 1-1, one and one, heading into a Game 3 showdown at the TD Garden. A lot to talk about from Game 2, so for this one, we had to bring back mastermind of basketball at Sports Illustrated, Michael Pina is back on the show joining me brian rob today down what was uh i'd say not a surprising game too mike in terms of result but um certainly could be a lot of fallout here um as the series moves forward where you're the you're the, the the guest here where do you want to go with this game first we can go in any direction you want um first of all it's wonderful to see you wonderful to talk to you um b rob i think the the story of the game was and this is Pretty much every time the Celtics lose, it seems like in this in these playoffs, story of the game is turnovers. Like in the first quarter, even in the it's in the first half, like the Celtics, I think we're down two going into halftime. And Ime Odoka said after the game, like they were pretty upset at how they played in the first half, and they should have been. They should have been up double digits at least 10, 12, 15 points at halftime if they played with the composure on offense that they do when they win and, you know, we can get into the weeds of these specific turnovers and the themes that kind of spring from them. But a lot of them were just like bizarre. Like I'm thinking about one where Marcus tried to hit Jason Tatum on a back cut and just threw the ball into the paint where Kevon Looney grabbed it and it was like the third turnover in a row. And I think Steph Curry was fouled. They were in the bonus in transition, just like really sloppy basketball offensively by the Celtics. And I thought that was, you know, not to discredit anything that the Warriors did. They made some really smart adjustments that we can get into, particularly putting clay on to Al Horford, which was something that the Celtics couldn't really solve. But the turnovers to me were, were everything honestly in this basketball game. Yeah, I mean, it was, I think, 19 overall in the night, 33 points off those turnovers that the, the Warriors scored, which I think has to be like a postseason high for a, a Celtics opponent or certainly close to it. But yeah, it was it was straight up even in the first half. I mean, the Celtics should have been up by a lot more in the first half, and they couldn't because for all of Tatum's hot shooting and all of the Warriors struggling, like finishing around the basket in that first half, the Celtics would give the ball away on every fourth or fifth possession with in pretty ugly fashion. So I think smart was a main culprit there. Um, 
real rough game for him. I thought Tatum for all his good shooting in the first half, uh, had a lot of really bad passes when he is did. It a hot, to... Is it a hot take to say that Tatum played better in game one? I was honestly thinking like, that's a really good debate in terms of like the team game in terms of what the Celtics needed. I, I, I'd agree with you there. Um, if you factor in the defense, the, the scoring, the, the box score line says otherwise, but um, it was despite the point total for Tam, I didn't think he played a good first half. Crazy sidestep threes, which are wonderful. When he hits those, usually the Celtics win. I thought his decision-making and his ability to read the game, like no comparison to me personally, game one to game two. He was so much better at game one. Yeah, no question. So you look at what how this game played out here with with that. I mean, you, you brought up the adjustments here from the Warriors. So let's talk. We'll get into the the kind of the, the theatrics a little later in the pod here. But in terms of let's talk about the adjustments the Warriors made that the Celtics are going to have to look at in the series going forward. You, you mentioned Clay Thompson on Al Horford. Al Horford did not take a shot in the first half period. Um, I think that was a pretty big development there. Uh, what else did you see in general in terms of what, how things switched up in this, uh, in the second matchup? Yeah. So the, the big adjustment um, just in terms of the matchups was uh, yeah. Putting from the Warriors perspective, putting Draymond on Jalen Brown and um, putting Clay Thompson on Al Horford. They switched a lot more uh, to, kind of take away like, the the drive and kick game and they blitzed quite a bit more. Uh, one of the key turnovers in the third quarter came after Jalen ran a dribble handoff with Rob Williams. And that's another thing that we can talk about Rob Williams and the two big lineup and yep. the Daniel Tice. Minutes, which, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We could have started the show with the Daniel Tice minutes, but uh that's that deserves its own episode but in this particular play it was a jalen brown rob williams dribble handoff on the left side of the floor and they blitzed it forced uh, jalen you know was in trouble turnover steph curry stole it it resulted in a clay thompson uh three on the other end in transition because al horford is cross-matched with clay thompson he's trying to chase him around the floor um, and that was the, you know, right after that, uh, Warriors call time, Clay Thompson's hopping around, skipping around the court. And it's not like the game was over then. It was like a seven point game early in the third quarter, nine minutes to go, I think. But it was like, okay, these turnovers are just, they're killing the Celtics and that matchup in particular on, I think the next play down, um, after the timeout, or maybe they didn't call a timeout, I can't remember, but Horford posted up Clay for the first time in the game, third quarter, got absolutely nothing out of it. Uh, bad miss at the rim. Draymond doubled. Uh, both of them fell to the ground, and I think Curry hit a three uh, in transition. or so, so They got a three or a good look in transition the other way. And so just, the, you know, the... I thought that those matchups were, you know, they're conquerable. They're a lot more harder to beat when um, you get caught in the cross messages. And then also, I know that the lineup data maybe doesn't say this, but I just think like starting Derek White is 
something that the Celtics should think about doing in game three. So maybe we can yes. go from there. I want to tell you guys about our, one of our new sponsors here at the Winning Place Podcast, and that's Ticket IQ. Couple really big games coming up in Boston on Wednesday and Friday, three and four of the NBA Finals. People everywhere asking for tickets want to be there. If you want to go, your best bet is Ticket IQ because what they do there is they offer fee free tickets for all events. What you see on the site is what you pay. And because of this, Ticket IQ customers can save 10 to 20% compared to other secondary market ticket sites like StubHub or Ace Ticket. That could go a long way in this series since obviously it's a hot ticket for games three and four. So you could be saving yourself hundreds of dollars if you buy a Ticket IQ compared to these other sites. So check them out. There is a promo code that you can use that can give you $50 off your tickets when you buy them at Ticket IQ. Just enter the promo code BROB, B-R-O-B-B, at checkout to get that $50 off your tickets. So, again, check them out. Ticket IQ, your best bet for tickets for these NBA Finals. And now back to the show. The Warriors made these adjustments in terms of defensively. The Celtics weren't able to punish them. And so now you look at next, okay, what is your what is your next counter? And for Yemi Adoka, it's there's a couple of things at hand here. We all see, I think... Even if Rob Williams were at 100%, it might not be a great Rob Williams. Like, it might not be a great double big series regardless in terms of what the Warriors play. But having Rob Williams at 70 or 80% has been a net negative when he's on the floor with another big in this series. And, and, and the numbers, I actually did the full breakdown here of, like, the double big numbers in this series right now. And I believe if you take out garbage time, Mike, the Celtics are a minus 38 with double bigs over about roughly 60 minutes of actions. Those guys have played together in this posing. So you're not, I'm not saying the Celtics are definitely going to win the series. If they go, you know, don't beat around the bush and just start the game small. But I'm saying like the, the amount of time that Ime Odoka stuck with the double big lineup in game two surprised me a lot. And I think that needs to change going forward. Whether you want to go as far as, the starting lineup shift, that's, you know, we can debate that right now, but it's certainly a situation where the vast majority of the minutes, I think, should be with a single big on the floor for the Celtics. I don't know what he's going to take away, Ime, um, from watching the film. I doubt that he will make a, a change that dramatic. I think that they have faith in Rob Williams coming off two days of rest in between these games to give them good minutes. And honestly, the starting five in the first quarter was great like once they started turning the ball over is where things kind of um snowballed they were like they were dominant defensively um in the first stint of the game the first stretch where they got up i think they right. got They're, up nine yeah they were up nine yep midway through the quarter yeah and honestly like the problem is to me more offensively with rob than it is defensively um I think defensively, he's been when they put him on Wiggins and they let him roam off Wiggins, he's, you know, he's altered, blocked a lot of shots on the inside. He's made Steph Curry's life miserable. They started to bring Wiggins into the action and the ball screens with Curry and Rob on the perimeter guarding those has been, you know, hit or miss. There was one play where Steph split the screen, got downhill, finished with a layup early in the third quarter. 
Um, and that's the play where you're just like, okay, Rob Williams is looking like a statue. It looks like he has cement shoes on. Um, but I think overall defensively, I'm not that that concerned. Offensively, when you look at the spacing is where it's like when they put Clay on Horford and Horford's not really doing anything. And then it's just Jalen pushing in transition, trying to make something happen. Tatum isolating. Um the floor is really the floor is really shrunk there and there's not a lot of driving lanes. And also I think one of the stats I'm writing a big story about uh, I guess just like scoring at the rim in the playoffs generally. And this series is kind of really interesting with regards to that, because guess how many uh, baskets the Celtics had at the rim and non-garbage time in this game in game two in game two. Three shots made shots. They had three attempts, one three make attempts, at one the rim. Man. Oh my God. That's incredible. That's and nuts. You watch the film and it's like, there are, there, there are several plays where um, they really, a lot of them are on the turnovers where they've really forced the issue trying to get downhill. And there were wide open three point shooters because that's how the golden state warriors have always defended, especially when they're small. Um, so, yeah, it's I think that uh, the spacing on offense is an issue when they're big. And that's something they might want to take a look at. But like scoring at the rim, not turning the ball over. I think these are the two key things that Ime will be trying to to fix going forward. I don't know if you can fix turnovers besides just like guys like I have a question for you, actually. Do you think this team needs to like play slower? when they force misses like yeah i think they were on turbo in a lot of that game like and that fed into the especially in the third quarter that just fed into the beast i feel like yeah and, and the warriors are their team chaos right like right. they love playing in transition they love attacking you in the open floor off makes up misses especially off turnovers um and i just feel like in the half court on offense i know their half court offense was really bad in game two it was really good in game one and I feel like, you know, they're playing Bielitsa. They're playing <laughs> Those Jordan lineups. Poole, Curry. Like, their inability to just slow the game down, execute, take advantage of mismatches, and, like, really show that they're the better team, because in my opinion, they are the better team, is a little disappointing. So I wonder if they're going to try to slow things down a little bit, because they were, they were running um especially off misses and the looks that they got in transition were you could say like you know we just made it was a sloppy game we're gonna put it behind us you know that that daniel tice pass in his first stint where tatum yes. hit him in the middle it's like that's a pass tice can make for sure he's made right. that his whole career he's on the move it's a tough one but he can make that pass he just messed it up um so i don't i don't know where i've land on that but I think like slowing down and just, you know, trying to grind out wins from here, this point forward could be a okay strategy. It, it is. And it's something I think when you look at what went well for them in the fourth quarter of, of game two, I mean, game one, I should say it was, you know, they obviously got out in transition and got easy looks there, but they just executed really well in the half court in terms of staying patient, making the extra pass, like letting the warriors, you know, run by them and get thrown around in, in their rotations to the point where they're, they're finding wide open looks. The patience just wasn't there this time around. 
And whether that stemmed from the fact that the Warriors were a lot more physical in the half court and obviously wasn't being whistled for a lot of that stuff. So that just made life a lot harder for them. And we'll see, you know, whether that's a one game thing or not, we're going to find out. I'll be, I'll be very curious to see how like game three is called, but I think that certainly maybe played into it from a standpoint, the Celtics like, okay, well, they're, they're literally mugging us in the half court. So like, let's get out more and try to run and beat this. And that obviously, you know, haunted them because they were just as bad in that situation. It's not worse. Yeah. But when you run and you're not getting to the rim, that's like the, one of the whole points of attacking and transition. If you're not getting those easy layups and those bunnies, like you can get an open three on this team anytime you want right. in the half court, really. And I know that they up the physicality, but I don't know. Like this was like early season offense, Mike. I feel like so. Like this, this is a team would, there'd be many a night where they would just be terrible from inside the arc and no one could do anything in the paint, whether that was because like you said, just because they weren't getting there in the first place or they were making poor decisions to get there. So it was a flashback from that standpoint, whether it's a, you know, and I mean, EMA is going to have a lot of film to show on that in terms of like, okay, guys, like this is, you know, you're, you're doing this against the B elites and the, the pools of the world. It's not like, like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? Like there are, there are opportunities for better looks and whether they can stay patient for him, I guess, is the, is the bigger question going forward or if they get drawn into the chaos that the Warriors want. Yeah. I think the other <clears throat> thing I'm thinking about with this, series is how the Celtics have had so much success or mo like moderate relative success defending superstars throughout this entire playoff run. And I guess my question to you is just, what do you think of the job in terms of their execution and the strategy guarding Steph? Because I mean, we'll throw out the first six <laughs> minutes of the first quarter of game one or whatever, Not great. <laughs> which was just like, wasn't even, there was, there was no execution no. <laughs> and there was no scheme. Um, <clears throat> but since then, you know, I expected honestly a lot more switching on him and help behind the play. And that hasn't really been the case. And I, I understand why, and they've had, you know, Sometimes they've had six. It's, it's, I mean, it's just a, such a great player. Um, but what did you think of just how they've tried to guard him and, and take him out of, or not take, make him as uncomfortable as, as possible? Pretty here from our sponsors, our partners at Bet Online that continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including odds in these NBA finals, the Stanley Cup conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and next season's futures for the NFL. BetLine is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head on over to the website. Use your remote device to get the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code CONS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. And now back to the show. Yeah, I'm with you on the switching. I thought there would be more of that um, as this once they got there, you know, feet wet in this series after the disastrous first quarter um it's been whether like i know you got a, an email doka talked about this after game two in terms of wanting to kind of mix it up and so curry didn't know what they were going to do and that mm -hmm. sense of unpredictability which i think is a good tactic um but by and large i think there were a few spots in this in this game where they almost like it'd go too far one way or the other like they'd go 
they give him too much space in a drop when they'd go to that. And then there are other times where Curry tried to weave inside the, the paint a little bit. And then it ended up being like, there were three or four guys on him and a wide open loony under the basket. And that was like that type of easy offense is exactly what you can't be giving up in that situation. Like you make it life hard for Curry, but don't do it to the point where you're giving layups to the other team or giving up wide open threes to the other team. And I think the Celtics, whether it was just two, they didn't want Curry to go off again, like he did in game one or whatever. Um, they kind of, I think got pulled into that a bit too much. And there were some, I think there was one spot where they had like three or four guys on him in the paint um, and a wide open loony at the basket. And I feel like there's going to be, that has to be cleaned up for moving forward in the series. Yeah. So that play, and I don't want to step on something that I might write before game three, but there were two or three and maybe there were more positions that I haven't seen yet, but rewatching the game this morning, there were two or three plays where Horford started. They were all baseline or sideline out of bounds plays. And I don't think the Celtics were in a zone. Yeah. Um, Horford started out on Curry. And that play that you're talking about, Horford starts out on Curry. It's like they're anticipating a switch or something. Yeah. And they just inbound the ball to Curry. Horford's on him. And it's just like, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> like that happened three times. And so is that uh, overthinking it in your mind? Like, is that like the Celtics being like a little too cute in the Warriors? I'm like, is that a mistake? Why? Why is that? Why, like, what is even happening? I don't. I, I assume that's I was, a pre-switch. They're anticipating the pick and roll. And then but the Warriors can be like, OK, we're not going to do that. We're just going to. Yeah, go it. but that matchup is not like right. Horford's, like Horford's really good against a lot of players we've seen throughout this run. I don't think Horford on Curry is like a great matchup. And I don't think Udoka um, thinks so either. Like they don't really switch Horford. They drop him pretty much every time they run a Steph pick and roll. So I I just thought that was weird. And um, yeah, Steph will attack that, like that matchup every single time. Um, They switched a lot with Grant. Uh, He hit one step back over Grant. Uh, Grant like forced him to drive every other time that he was brought into the switch, which was which was great. I think you need to force Curry into the arc. I think that's the strategy there with him at this point in his career for sure, as good as he is finishing. Um, but yeah, I just thought that that was that Looney play in particular, and then a lot of people are screenshotting it where there's four defenders like all surrounding Curry and then Looney gets the dump off bounce pass for the layup that started with Horford on him. And it's just, I, I thought, and that wasn't the only time. So I I don't know if that's a mistake or what, but it's something to just think about going forward. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the team just trying to get too cute with the over adjustments and then the cavalry coming in too hard, obviously being like, Oh crap, Horford's on Curry right now. We need to send, send help. And then it's like, Oh, when you send everyone sending help, like, that's when you get up easy looks. Um, all right. So we have about 10 minutes left here. Um, I'll start here with you. I just, give me your, give me your thoughts on the Draymond situation. Um, both his, both. I mean, the in-game stuff is self-explanatory. We really need to go into that. Obviously they weren't going to give him the second tech for that situation and a double tech one, but his comments after the game and how this is going to like, play forward in this series now if it if it all is just it's gonna be something we forget about you know in, in another after game three 
Can you refresh our listeners' um, memories about maybe what he said that you're referring to that was... He essentially said, I'll pull up the exact quote. He essentially says, like, I'm entitled to preferential treatment. Like, I've earned that. He told this to ESPN after the game in an interview um, in terms of, you know, when they they asked him about the uh, getting thrown out of the game. You know, well, you know, that that sequence with Jalen Brown where his... His uh, his feet were over Jalen's head, and you and, and any regular season the game would have been uh, a technical foul. But he says he's earned deferential treatment from the refs, and so I that... don't know about all that. Um, I mean, <laughs> there was one play where he they were switching everything, and I think uh, Jalen got him on a Jalen got him, or maybe it was Derek White got him on a switch after they were they they switched like three ball screens in a row. Maybe it was Tatum. I can't remember. And Draymond poked the ball away and it looked like, and it went out of bounds and Draymond thought it was off whoever he poked it off of their leg. And he like punched his fist right at the ref to like be demonstrative. And it was like that right there in the regular season. I'm not saying he should have gotten a tech for that at all. But I'm just yeah. saying like most players, if Derek White responded that way in this game, he would have gotten a technical foul right. based on how he behaves normally. And, uh, yeah, I thought that generally the game was, um, I don't really like to get wrapped up in officiating. I thought the game was like really choppy because of the officiating both ways. And well, I thought they, were they calling the Celtics incredibly tight given what the Warriors were doing with like, I, and I'm not trying to sound like a homework here, but I, I thought that from that standpoint was pretty one-sided in the first half at least the second half was like the Celtics just fell apart and I mean it didn't impact the game as a whole obviously right right yeah there's two calls that were kind of like what is happening one was after um well there's there's like a bunch there's a bunch of them let's be honest here (laughs) yeah there's one where Draymond and Tatum were kind of going at it a little bit and they had to the refs came over to talk to them tell them to calm it down the baseline inbounds pass comes over the top. Tatum's like, I don't even know. He's like barely touching him. They called a foul. Tony Brothers called a foul like before the ball was like the ball just got left the inbounder's hands and he's calling a foul on it. Um, that was odd. Uh, Draymond had a keeper where he attacked uh, Derek White on a switch. Derek White's backpedaling with his arms up, like shoulder to chest. Nothing. A total non-call. Draymond misses. They do the thing where wait for the ball to miss before you blow the whistle. Um, and the Gary that Payton. Yeah. Oh, that was just, yeah, that was a non, I mean, yeah, that was a big that was call in, too because right. it forced Jalen to the bench. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's a couple others with Draymond there was the play where Draymond like tackled Grant Williams and Grant Williams was fouled for it uh <laughs> or drew a foul or was called for the foul right um and I think that was the play where Draymond got the T too which was like just bizarre I'm not even sure what happened with that watching it on television they didn't really explain why Draymond got that technical <laughs> but yeah ABC yeah, by the way you got to show that stuff like I don't understand why like oh yeah he just got technical like why don't you why don't you show us what happened like yeah if you're watching it was on the, the that- it was, it was, that was bizarre. So I, I, yeah, I think like the, the email tech, I have never, maybe you can uh, refresh my memory. I can't remember 
any time a coach has admitted to purposefully getting a technical foul because he was fed up with the officiating and he was purposeful. I think he used the word purposeful. Yeah. And I was like, I like just the legendary. I, I love you, May. It is great. Honesty. Yeah. Um, I can't remember a head coach ever saying that. And it was clear like that's he was upset the whole game with how they were calling it. Um and it was a distinct departure from if you watched closely or not, if you just watched the Buck series, the Heat series, like Bam, how Bam at Abaya would set screens in that series. Oh it's like, yeah, like, oh my God, like it was, uh, they weren't, they weren't calling anything. And that's, it's, that's playoff basketball. That's why it's awesome. And so I, yeah, the, the, the officiating was a little, a little tight, I would say. Um, just, but just towards the like it's like it was a situation. I'm fine. Like you said, I hope they they call like they let a lot go, like the other two series, but they have to do it both ways. And that wasn't the case. And that's why Ime and everyone was was pissed off. It didn't matter in this game. Like they call it the right way. The Celtics lose by 10 as opposed to 20, probably when all is said and done. But that's certainly in this series now. Like, you know, it's going to be obviously closely watched on both sides, given the fallout from the from Draymond's situation here. Um, yeah. All right. As let's wrap up here. We already hit on some adjustments for, for game three. From my standpoint, I mean, we'll, we'll do the, a quick Tice 30 second. Tice shouldn't be playing. Um, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, probably the last Tice defender in Boston, and then I'm even giving in to that standpoint that right now. Um, but beyond that... Did anyone... Why, why, I know that that's not the most... Pre- I read the transcript of Ime's, um presser at like four in the morning because i'm a weirdo but and i don't recall anyone asking about tice no. did anyone tice ask did, about the tice minutes tice did not make the cut we'll see i we'll get that on the radar for the uh the, for the practice day between two and three it is for game one i could kind of get it because it was like okay you're coming up with seven game series we'll see what tice can give you in the first half here for six minutes stint, and he was whatever he oh was when fine. he came in the second half i was like what is even happening right and but now just... but in a game two there where everyone's rested and you've seen that like going smaller is probably your best bet with one big on the floor playing like Tice Grant together is just no bueno. It, it's just not going to work on, on certainly not going to work offensively and not going to give you enough defensively either. And so to Looney me, he wasn't even on the court right for the first, when Tice first checked into the game, I was like, what is what's going on here? <laughs> so I, I would think that he's goes bye-bye. The question now is like, what do you do? I'm I like, I assume Rob and Al maybe get one more chance together starting in game three before a potential shift is made. But from my standpoint, and I'm curious, like, do you, I don't want to see them together more than the first five minutes of each half. And then I, I'd honestly, the rest of the way, I would, I would think about trying to alternate Rob, Al and, um, and Grant at center mm-hmm. and play, mm-hmm. maybe play Al and Grant together a little bit, but that's it. Like, I don't, I don't, I want to see Derek White playing 40 minutes and I want to stay small and switchable as much as possible against this Warriors. Um, and honestly, for the spacing offensively that you need to have to stretch out this Warriors defense. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think about just how, um, if starting Grant instead of Rob is a better move than starting Derek. Right. Um, it helps your rotation more for sure in terms of keeping it in order. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that Derek White, um, 
needs to average over 30 minutes a game in this series going forward. Um, he's like my favorite player on the team. I, yeah, I, I think he's just so critical to so much on both ends, particularly in this matchup. Um, Rob, yeah, like if he doesn't start, like what is what do his minutes even look like, do you think? Because like, like I don't know. I'm just thinking about like matching up with the other with like like you don't really want him on the court when Draymond's at the five necessarily. So no. and if they're gonna play Bielitsa too, like you don't want him to necessarily match up there. I don't I don't know if that's gonna happen again again. That was that was frankly like weird. I I know Iguodala wasn't available, but like, so what? Iguodala yeah. wasn't available at all in the last series. Um, yeah, no, but when, yeah. So I don't, I just don't know what, how you kind of fit Rob into the series if he's not next to Horford, um, just like where he plays and when he plays. Um, I don't think that they will make a significant adjustment before game three. They could, I don't think they will. Uh, and yeah, I just more, more small ball, more Derek white. I think this is the first time the warriors have ever played an opponent where their small lineup is better than the warriors small lineup, which is very interesting. It doesn't mean that they will outplay them for the rest of the series, but I think on paper they've proven to be better and more capable. So Ime just hasn't really gone to the Boston's version of the death lineup. Um, Horford, Jalen, Smart, Tatum, White. He doesn't really go to that lineup unless it's the end of the first half or the end of the the game, usually. I wonder if he'll go to it a little earlier. Um, Maybe in the third quarter would be a time to hit that button. The Pritchard might be involved in that death lineup, too, depending on the knife. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, sure, sure. No, sure. Um, We haven't mentioned Pritchard. I, yeah, I think he's like really fine in this series and should definitely play more minutes than Daniel Tice. Um, um, But yeah, all in all, if you're the Celtics, you're pretty happy that you got the split here. Uh, Game two, I feel like, I don't want to be disrespectful to the Warriors felt very uh, and I know they said this before the game come to Jesus moment, um, you know, very, they were desperate to, yes. to win that game. It was a series. Yeah. It was very, very important. Um, and the way that like Draymond came out 10 out of 10 on the desperation meter. is how I would put it in a game two of a series was um I don't want to say like last gasp at all. I think the, the, the Warriors are good. Of course, they're in the finals. But I just think the Celtics are better. And if they don't have needless turnovers, they will prove it in every game of the series. So that's like my my honest takeaway after the first two games. No, it's the Celtics, as long as they don't beat themselves in the series, they should win the series. I think we're we're both in agreement on that. But whether... You know, they obviously came close to doing that in a couple rounds before this. And now um, that will be at the forefront again. So, all right, Michael Pina, make sure you check out his stuff all series long. 
at Sports Illustrated. He'll be covering the series in Boston these next couple of games. Make sure you check him out on Open Floor as well, um, which is on one of the SI's podcasts twice a week there. Uh, Mike, always great to catch up with you, buddy. We'll be talking to you again, hopefully later this series, and um, look forward to hanging out in Boston. Absolutely. Can't wait to see you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys, for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. We'll get back with you guys later this week as we get you ready for game three.